Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Oh, my brain. If you could be in my brain, you'd be exhausted at the moment because I am. Um, been thinking a lot about fruit at the moment. Don't ask me why. Just been thinking about fruit. And we read a bit about the fruit in the New Testament. John 15 tells us, You didn't choose me, but I chose you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And then we all know the fruits of the Spirit. And this is kind of where I'm going to be talking about. I want you to keep these in mind as I'm talking this morning. Paul's talking to the Christians in Galatia about living their lives with the Spirit of God in them. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, ready, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So I want you to keep those in mind as I'm going to talk a little bit in a minute. I made, just made a few general observations about fruit. And I kept thinking, oh, that's a bit like our, our walk with God. Fruit needs time to ripen, doesn't it? And it'll only become ripe in the right, see, in the right season. Apples just won't ripen in the heat of summer. They need the cold, fresh temperatures of autumn to bring them to um, fruition. There are seasons of growth and seasons where the tree just stays dormant. So you know the season that you're in and be patient and wait in God for him to complete the work he's begun in you. All the pushing in the world will not produce fruit if it's not the right season in God. So know where you are. Fruit production can be subject to external conditions, just like we're seeing now in the drought. Lack of water and nutrients can produce fruit that is less than perfect or not at all. We need to draw from the well of the living water of Jesus and the word of God to feed and water our spirit so that we can be fruitful as Christians regardless of whatever's going on in our external world. Just take little note of these things. You might just go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Fruit can appear good on the outside, but inside it can be rotten and spoiled. Who's ever picked up that apple and you go to bite it? Inside, it's just brown, isn't it? We can be a little bit like that too. If we're not careful, we need to spend time on our heart and let the Holy Spirit transform us from the inside out rather than spending all the time on the outside in. Fruit can spoil easily with rough handling, can't it? Mums, how many bananas and mandarins have you found in the bottom of the school bag? It's gross, isn't it? Um, Classic example. But we too need to handle ourselves and each other carefully with kindness, love and grace. If we don't, then we can do damage to a soft heart or one that is still being made whole. Fruit on the tree can be easily eaten by birds or bats. Ever seen fruit bats attacking a fig tree or something? In my case, my lone tomato plant is eaten by caterpillars. They need to be netted or protected so you can get ripe fruit. Our heart needs protection as it's the source of all the fruits of the spirit that are formed. The enemy of our spirit wants to rob, kill and destroy the fruit. So be on guard, alert, praying and putting on our spiritual armour daily. And lastly, a fruit tree planted in a pot might be convenient because you can just move it around your balcony or whatever, your yard, But it won't grow to its full potential in the pot. 
Eventually, it needs to put its roots deep down into the soil where it can draw nourishment. And for us as Christians, for us to grow, we've got to be in good soil. We've got to have our roots in a healthy church and do life with God's people. This allows us to draw nourishment and be fed and grow in all the fruits. It can be difficult at times in church, can't it? Like a big family. And, um, but if you've got the pot plant mentality, as soon as something goes wrong, you'll just pick yourself up and you'll move and you'll go somewhere else and just keep moving. But I can I encourage you, when things get a bit tough, just hang in there. Just hang in there. Keep your roots down. Which brings me now to the message. Ooh, she, everyone's thinking, what's she got in there today? I had great plans, but I couldn't work out how to get it here. So I had to narrow my plans down a bit. We're going to look at lessons from the olive tree. Father God, as I just come... This morning, Lord, may every word I say be words that you will take, Lord, and implant into people's hearts. Holy Spirit, we love you so much and pray for revelation for people today that you would just grow them and we can become more like you in every single way, Lord God, as we come under your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, no one likes having their heart crushed. If I was to ask you, hands up, do you like having your heart crushed? Like, oh, no get wounded in those deep places. It's horrible, isn't it? It's not nice. Life is not always fair. Who knows that? Life sucks sometimes for people. And I reckon in this room, life would be sucking for some of you as well. When the hard times come, we all can feel it very deeply. And we wonder if others have ever had these hard times. After all, we don't snap pictures of the crushing times on Instagram, do we? Here I am looking really sad and tough. No, we wait till we're doing well. Then we put our highlights up for everyone to see. We, we know those prayer requests this morning, they were, they were intense prayer requests, weren't they? We just wonder what it takes to survive when the doctor, when you've been for some tests and you get the call and the doctor says, can you come back? I need to talk to you urgently. When the teacher sends one of those emails, can I talk to you about your child? When someone we love closes their heart and turns their back on us or walks out of a marriage. When you feel so utterly incapable unable and afraid. They're the tough times we're talking about. I suspect each of you can relate to at least one of those and you could probably write your own list as well. Well, earlier this year, although it feels like it was years ago, we were in southern Italy having a holiday and we came upon olive groves everywhere. Who's who's seen an olive grove? Who's actually been there? They're amazing, aren't they? Um, We found out the region we were in is the prime area for growing olives in Italy. Um, But what struck us was the sheer size of the trees. They are enormous. They're not necessarily so high, but they're incredibly wide. And they're gnarly and old and, I don't know, something out of Lord of the Rings or something, I reckon they look like. Um, They would be hundreds of years old. But since I've been looking at this, I read up about the ones in Israel, and they reckon they're thousands of years old. That's a really old tree, isn't it? Thousands. And they look it. They're really, really old. Jesus often met with his disciples in the shadow and the shade of the olive tree. He preached his amazing sermon on the mount, was the Mount of Olives. In John 18, 1, I think I've got this up on the screen. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. The olive grove mentioned, they think, is actually the Garden of Gethsemane. 
the garden where Jesus, before his arrest, said to Peter, James and John, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus knew that heart-crushing feeling. He felt it, he wrestled with it, and he carried it. So let's journey to the olive tree for a minute and learn a few lessons about how God grows and matures us in the tough times. Okay, so in order to be fruitful, the olive tree has to withstand all kinds of conditions. If they're hundreds, if not thousands of years old, can you imagine the conditions that that tree has seen? In Israel in particular, I read that the um, east wind is really hot and dry, comes from the desert and it's really hard. And then the west wind blows in and it's from the Mediterranean and it brings rain and life. The olive tree needs both of these to produce the fruit. And so do we. We need the tough times, as long, uh, along with the good times, to help us grow in character, maturity, and the production of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's in the times of hardship, when you're in the valley, in the lowest valley, that you've got to hang on tight to God, to trust in Him. Do you know the soil is richer in the valley than it is on the mountaintops? If we just bounce through life in the mountaintop, the soil's very thin at the top of the mountain, but when you get down in those valleys, it's very rich. And that's the opportunity you have to grow in God, to get to know him more intimately. In the good times, the mountaintop experiences, we can then let God flow through us to those around us. Those olive trees have seen lots and lots of different seasons, yet they still have abundant fruit. And that verse, I think Greg even spoke of this last week. Start groaning now, okay? Because it's James 1. We all groan, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Oh, I hate that scripture. Don't you? I know God put it there for a reason, but this is why I think. Stuff does come in our lives. It really does. But I want you to go home with a different perspective on stuff today. Hang in there, whatever season you're in, especially if it's a tough one. Hang on tight. God knows what you're going through. Allow him to love you. Keep your heart soft. Don't run and hide. When things happen in life, the tough stuff comes. Don't run and hide. Don't isolate yourself. Just hang in there and keep your heart open. Get your roots down that we talked about. Roots down into good soil. So it's when, not if, adversity comes, you're anchored. Some of us think when the tough stuff comes, oh, why me, why me? Well, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Resilience is the ability to quickly recover or bounce back after difficult conditions. That's to be an overcomer, to bounce back. So let's be people of amazing resilience. Doesn't mean you live in denial and pretend nothing's happening, but resolve to stand steadfast and pray that God will deliver you or bring you through into victory, okay? So that's just the tree itself. Now, who actually likes olives? I do. I should have bought enough to share with everybody. These ones are stuffed, and I hope it's not chilli or something, because I'm in big trouble if it is, because I don't actually like chilli that much. Just let me chew. (laughs) They're interesting, aren't they, to eat? I can't say I've always liked olives, but I do now. They're very nice with some cheese. And a glass of wine. But if you were to pick an olive from the tree and eat it, even when it's fully ripe, it'd be rock hard and its bitterness would make you sick. The olive has to go through a process to be useful. 
includes washing, breaking, soaking, sometimes salting and, want, and waiting some more. It's a lengthy process to be cured of its bitterness. If you would escape the natural hardness and bitterness of our human heart as a result of life's journey, we have to go through a long process as well. The journey toward being made whole can involve some breaking, waiting, plenty of soaking in God's grace and love, forgiveness, testing, or all of the above. And you know what? God's in no hurry. He'll just let us take our time. You know when you soak a piece of clothing, you get a stain on a T-shirt or something, and you put it into water and it kind of just gets out of the material and into the water? I reckon we can let God do that to us when we soak in his presence. If we give him free access, if we give the Holy Spirit free access. I just wonder, I love the worship this morning actually. Thank you, worship team. Oh, it's just really lovely. But we can't just have Sunday, 10 minutes, and soak in God's presence. We've got to be able to do it all the time, especially when stuff's going on in our lives. And I, think, I was thinking about this and I thought, well, what stuff can we kind of let, let out and God bring in? And I reckon toxic thinking is a big one. And I know sometimes it's hard to go there, but, you know, if you get the chance, if stuff is going on in your world, you know, maybe just let God examine your thinking a little bit because we, we can get really messed up in our thinking. And I think toxic thought patterns can lead to us having a critical tongue and often selfish and hurtful actions towards others. They can be unconscious and they can, they can be a habit so that you don't even recognise them anymore. Romans 12.2 reminds us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So can I encourage you, if you want fruit in your life as a Christian, spend time in God, let him soak you with his presence, but let him examine some stuff that's going on with you, especially up here in your mind. Let him replace it with truth from the word of God and let him speak to you. Um, it's a great thing when God is working in us, okay? So if you're going through the mill at the moment, it's okay. God's just doing a great work in you, removing bitterness from your heart because none of us want to have that bitterness, do they? And sometimes it's the stuff in life that brings that out. You know, stuff happens to us and it comes out. Salt makes the olive palatable and tasty and preserves the olive ready to eat. Jesus called us as his disciples to be what? Salt of the earth. We should be the ones to be, leave a good taste and preserve relationships. We should have the best relationships, honestly, in the world. But we can only do this if we're healthy and whole in our heart and our spirit alive in him. So my question in today is, how salty are you? How salty is your conversations? How salty are your relationships? Um, be aware of your speech and how you interact with others. Sometimes we just go into these habits and we don't even consider how we speak. Are your words encouraging, uplifting? Are they critical? Do they drag people down? Are you quick to jump on the gossip train? Are you becoming more like the people you're hanging with and more like Jesus? I don't know. I just want us to be Christians that people want to be around and lean into so they get a taste of Jesus in us. Don't you reckon? That would be a good thing if they tasted Jesus in us. Now, the olives are not just for eating. You get this amazing, everybody knows what this is, olive oil. There's only a tiny bit left. Um, but I thought if I start pouring it out here, I'd make a mess. So, Greg, I thought about it. I did. I was going to, I thought of bread and I could dip it in and I think I could end up with olive oil everywhere. But they, what they, olive oil is a staple ingredient of Mediterranean eating. 
okay? And they have found that it's one of the healthiest oils for your heart. So if you're trying to look after your health, olive oil is the amazing thing to use. Olive oil can be preserved for a really long time and it can be used for lots of things other than cooking. Okay, you might learn something here. It can be used for lamp fuel, medicinal purposes, furniture oil. There you go. If you run out of furniture oil, get your olive oil out. Mouthwash, moisturiser to clean leather, salad dressing or to put in your bath. See, there you go. Just one bottle of oil can do all that, mm, which is amazing. Um, but it's the same for us. It's true for us as well. The biblical way to be preserved is to be pressed. And being pressed can certainly feel like being crushed. And ouch, don't you hate that? None of us like to be crushed and pressed. Um, but in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, we're reminded we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. But crushing isn't the olive's end. It's not the end of the olive. It's the way of preserving the olive. And it's the way to get the most valuable thing out of the olive. So if we can keep this perspective, when we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed, pressed to the point of being crushed, but not crushed and destroyed. If you're in the crushing, it's not the end. I know it might feel like the end, and it might feel like you've been in it for a really long, long time. Maybe God is trying to bring something valuable out of you, in you. I don't know what that is. I don't want to guess. Maybe it's just been hidden for a really long time. Maybe there's a gift there that's been buried. His purpose, maybe, that has been got lost along the way. I don't know what he's trying to do, but my question would be, what crushes you? What comes out of you when you're feeling crushed and pressured? I know for me, it's not the fruit of the Spirit, which I'd like it to be. Oh, I'm terrible. I am. Um, and I'm my own worst enemy because I can find myself overwhelmed at times. Um, because of who I am and the fact I can do things. I just do, 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 do until I don't want to do any more and then I get angry, just ask my husband and um, I'm not a very nice person actually but it's no one else's fault, it's my fault because I let things crush me, I, I, I let burdens happen to me and God never wanted me to shoulder it all alone anyway. I, I thought about it and I thought what I've done is basically ignored God it's a pretty awful confession to make, isn't it, when you're a pastor? I'll just go right now. But it's true. I just think, oh, God, I'm doing all this. And then I go, oh, God, I haven't even asked you or involved you in it at all. And when I get that, finally, I go, oh, God, there I am again. Meeting like this. And I just go, and let it all go. And I don't know, he just refreshes he comes in, he refreshes, he takes the load. Because what did Jesus say? My load, my yoke is easy. Maddie, she's got it and my burden is light. Good girl, Maddie, well done. Sometimes it's my heavy load that is crushing me and that's just my own fault and I've just got to keep giving it to God. I've just got to let him lead me and carry me and um, bring out those spiritual gifts. We've all got spiritual gifts in us and I think that's the gold in us. If we can just get those operating for the kingdom of God, you will bear fruit wherever you are, okay? We're going to be encouraged by the words of the psalmist in 34, 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him 
from them. So whether you're being crushed or whatever's happening to you, know that God's in the midst of it somewhere. Okay, use it to get the good stuff out of you. And the other thing that I noticed when we were over there looking at these trees, some of them were just really weird. They had no leaves on them. They were, they were just like these big gnarly trunks with sticks like this. I'm going, what the heck is that? I thought they were dead, but um, they'd been severely pruned. Now, I'm not talking pruning like a little bit of a leaf here. I mean like radical pruning. Um, is, come on, can you, did I put that picture up? Can you just move along one, Gareth? Oh, that's one picture I found. But no, they were hay- way worse than that. They were almost down to here. And I thought, I wonder how often that happens. Maybe it's only every 10 years or something. I don't know. But obviously these trees that are so old get severely pruned. And what happens? Back they come. More and more fruit every single time. Jesus talked about pruning, didn't he? In John 15, he says, God is the gardener who does the pruning. Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. But what do we have to do? Stay in him, remain in him, abide in him, whichever version you're reading, and you will bear fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing. If you leave a plant unpruned, I've got lavenders at the moment, and they're very beautiful, but man, they go berserk. Once they've done their flowering, they're just really, really big, and then they start looking really ugly. So you just got to cut them back. And I know that they will flourish again. It's a bit like us. We need to let God do some cutting away of things in our lives that may be keeping us weak and unfruitful. So have a think about your life. Are you happy with where you are? You feel like your fruit's developing in your life? If not, maybe it's time to do some... Um, doesn't always feel good when you're being pruned, but commit to the process and you will bring more fruit. Here's a question for you. What do you need to unlearn in the pruning process? I just realised habits, because I'm getting old, our life is just a product of habits. Habit, 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 habit. Automatic almost, isn't it? Some things we just do, some things we think, because that's what we do. We never examine it. Or maybe you're different. All the melancholies in the room, I bet you're really good at this. Adele, I bet you are. You just don't go on automatic, do you? I preach to myself. This is all melancholics are going, no, I do that all the time. I examine everything. Honey? Well, I don't. And I need to unlearn some things sometimes. You're another one there? We all have thinking patterns, habits, methods, ways of doing things that might not be working anymore, but we just keep doing them. What do you need to learn? So firstly, what do you need to unlearn? then what do you need to learn to replace those old habits with new ones, especially those which will help you mature in God? Okay, so the next time you pick up an olive to eat off that lovely platter, and we've got a beautiful grazing... Oh, this will be a good one. The grazing table's coming up Tuesday week for all of you that are serving, and there'll be lots of olives, I think. Okay, so you can have a bit of conversation about the olive next time you pick one up. Or you go to use your olive oil in your next cooking... You're going to look at it very differently, I'm sure. Because when times of hard... I want you to remember this. When you are cooking or picking up an olive, when times of hardship or adversity comes my way, I'm going to remember that they are needed to strengthen me and help me to be resilient in my life. When I'm being pressed, processed and crushed, it's for the sake of ridding me of any bitterness and to make me whole 
so that I can be salt and light to this hurting world. It's not for us, and it kind of is, but it's for us to be on display for the world to see Jesus. That's what it's about. And when I feel the cutting shears of the Holy Spirit, I know that more fruit will come if I allow myself to be pruned in the areas of my life that aren't currently fruitful. So remember, we go back to the fruits of the Spirit. I'm going to read them and I want you to think. I want you to, don't want you to go out of here without thinking at least one of these fruits of the Spirit you feel like you need to grow in. We were challenged at um, State Conference about kindness. And I thought I really had to grow in kindness because I can be a bit pushy and bossy at times. I have got a kind heart. I thought I'm really giving myself a hard rap here, aren't I? I do have a, <laughs> I do have a, a lovely heart. But I just, I'm, I'm who I am and sometimes I'm probably not kind enough. So my challenge is to be kind in my thinking, kind in my speech and kind in my actions. That's the fruit I want to come out of me. Less of the, the go, 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 but more kindness. So as I read these fruits of the Spirit, I want you to think about which, if not all, um, to do all nine is probably a bit too much because you probably won't work on any of them. Allow the Holy Spirit to just show you at least one area that you can grow in. Fruits of the Spirit. Love. Do you need help in loving better? Joy. Do you need to find joy again? Have you lost your joy? Peace. Are you sick of living with unrest in your life? Do you need more peace? Patience. Are you finding that you're just going through life totally impatient? with people and things. Kindness. You just need to add that little bit of extra kindness to people in your world, to your family. Goodness. To become more like Jesus. Just be good in all you do. Faithfulness. Do you need to be more faithful in getting to know God even? Spending time with him, worshipping him, faithful to your family maybe. Gentleness. Just being soft with people, if you're a bit harsh, maybe just ask God to help soften it, soften you a little bit. And self-control. Maybe there's an area of your life that's just out of control. You've lost the plot. Maybe just ask him to come and give you that self-control again. And let's all allow God to grow us in every one of these areas. Why? So that we can become more like Jesus. And isn't that what the role is, our job as Christians to be, become more like Jesus, that we can be the light and salt in a world that hurts. So why don't you just close your eyes. Father God, thank you that, God, you teach us from nature. Thank you for the lessons that we can learn just by looking at a tree, a tree that was abundant when you were on the earth. But, God, you've left us with such amazing truths that we just want to live our lives the best we can to produce the fruit that you want in us, Lord. So have your way, Lord, for those that are in a horrid time at the moment. They feel like they are being crushed and pressed. God, I feel, I pray that you would just be with them, that they would know your presence. You'd help them through, Lord. Those that need soaking, give them a good soak in your presence, Lord. Help extract the stuff that's not needed anymore and fill them afresh with what you would want them to have. And those that are feeling... Like pruning is, you know, they just need a bit of a cut back. Cut away the things in their world that might be keeping them from you, Lord God, and just 
trim them back so that they can become more fruitful for you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. And we just surrender to you. Surrender to the process of what you need to do to make us all whole in every way, Lord. We love you and pray that in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, God. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.